Yep. Alright, we're recording. What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here again. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Finks Down. This is going to be, I guess, an intermission. Number 12, I think. 12-ish. Yeah. Just figured I'd get something out there um, since we're taking a little bit of a break. Um, until we, until I, I at least kind of get caught up, um, my reviews and stuff. I have a lot of reviews to do lately. And anything exciting? Well, I mean, I can talk about the, 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 the big game that I have been playing. Um, uh, I say big. It's 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 the possibly the the the, the retail game that I've been playing. I guess uh, I I reviewed uh, Hand of Fate, which went live today, uh, which I highly suggest that to pretty much anybody who likes RPGs, uh, particularly uh, card games. It's not a card game by any means. It is straight up a role playing game, but the way they use a card system in that game is really cool. So you said it wasn't quite like Phantom Dust, and I don't know how much you can get into here, but uh, is it as action-y as Phantom Dust? Kinda. So let me see if I can describe Hand of Fate to you. You know what a deck-building game is, Matt. You've played a decent amount of those. You've played Munchkin before, right? Yes, I have. Well, you sit across the table from this guy who wears a mask, and he puts down numerous cards on a table. Is this what happens when you play Munchkin or in Hand of Fate? No, this is what happens when you play Hand of Fate. Okay. So uh, he has a little character that he puts on one card. This is where you start. And you can choose where you want to move your character next to the next card. Uh, when you land on a card, the card is flipped over. Uh, cards represent basically encounters. So one of them may be uh, a merchant. And you can go visit the merchant and buy new equipment or items or food, stuff like that. Um, it, or it could be you got ambushed by some goblins and you got to go fight off these goblins. They stole some of your shit. Or uh, it's all different types of encounters. Like, oh, you found a treasure chest, uh, and it's down a long hallway. So do you want to go down the hallway? And you say yes. And then there, everything that you do, it brings up four cards. Uh, depending on what the encounter is, some of them will be success cards. Some of them will be failure cards. And then the cards are are in real time shuffled in front of you. And if you're good and you can watch the cards, you can see exactly it's, it's not trying to trick you. It's not randomized. Um, it's, it, it, you know, if you can watch the card shuffle correctly, you can choose the success card every time. Um, sometimes that's really difficult to do, but, um, and so you may succeed in, in walking down this hallway without hitting any traps. 
and then you'll you'll use it. Then it's kind of like a D and D game where it says, "Okay, well, you're at the treasure chest now. Uh, it looks like you can maybe pry it open, um, and so you do another success or failure. If you pry it open, you get an equipment card, uh, and the equipment cards are stuff that you have won. Basically, you start off with some equipment cards. The more encounters you are successful at, the more cards you unlock. Some of them may be equipment cards. Some may be more encounter cards. Um, so like if you get, uh, so I may have unlocked a, a, an equipment card that is a ice sword. Okay. So, oh, I, I got a nice sword. So now I can equip that to my character and I can use it. But when you go into a combat sequence, so say you get ambushed by a couple of bandits. Okay. Uh, when you go into a combat sequence, it plays out in real time. You move a character around and you can attack and you can, it plays a lot like a Batman game. If you've ever played one of those Batman games where you're surrounded by guys, you can hit a button to attack. You can hit a button to counter, um, and you can hit a button to dodge out of the way. It's a very simplistic version of Batman Arkham Asylum. Now do the, uh, do the cards come into play at all during the combat, or is it just outside of combat? It, it They come into play depending on the cards that you have. So uh, not only is there equipment that's all represented, everything's represented by cards. So uh, uh, so your, your equipment is your helmet, your body armor, uh, your weapon, your shield, and uh, there's also these things that are kind of like buffs called blessings as well as curses. Uh, and you can also have like relics equipped to you as well. So there may be a relic that is um, – uh, you have like throwing daggers. But it's, it's kind of like um, you throw you throw ten daggers in a circle around you. So it's kind of like ten daggers emit from your body. And you can hit the – on the Xbox button, you can hit the right bumper and you can activate that card. But it has a cooldown, maybe like thirty seconds or something like that. So, uh, and then some blessings. So, like, uh, there's certain blessings would be like you have like toxic blood. So, uh, the, the the card says um, whenever you get struck by an enemy, you have a chance of poisoning an enemy, or something like that. The thing is, is that the combat is really simplistic. Most combat encounters, even with bosses, last no more than three minutes, four minutes. Uh, combat it plays, like I said in on the original podcast, it plays second fiddle to the card game itself. So the card game itself is is this. Right, you are getting new cards every time you explore something. You'll get you may get an equipment card or or a blessing card depending on. So you, you may run into a priest who's starving. You can give him half your food and he'll give you a blessing or something like that. So it, and it's all about choices. So it's partially a card game, partially a Dungeons and Dragons game, um, with that Batman combat mixed in. It sounds like a pretty good mix. It's pretty fucking awesome. Now there are some performance issues with the game. Um, the the game loads really really strangely. Anytime something crazy like a 
it's really cool because the presentation is really well done. Like the, the dealer who is sitting next to you, ne- in, you know, in front of you, he's always got something to say when you get a new card or something like that. He's like, Oh, the noble traveler is a card. And he's like, is he noble by birth or noble in the right of man? You know, he's, he's always got something to say about a card and it, it's really cool because he's kind of telling your story at the same time. Um, but at the, but then, you know, some of it has some comedy in it. So there's always this, uh, there's this one little goblin that you can run into who, if you choose the right thing, you automatically get a shield. He gives you a shield. And, you know, I had already got that card a few times after playing a few times. He says, I think you just keep that in your deck because you like getting a free shield, you know, and it's, it's small things like that. Um, but uh, it, it's really cool how the progression goes because every single every single game that you play, uh, you unlock new cards, whether it be new equipment or new uh, encounters. Um, so, do you get anything out of the encounters themselves? Do you get more cards? The yeah, it, it depends because he, he so like uh, if you get a new card, say I unlocked an encounter card. All right. The next time I play, I have the potential of landing on that encounter card that I've never played before. If I'm successful, if I succeed in that, he gives me a token. And at the end of the game, he, the token will like, it, you know, it's, it, it's just a little thing. He says, okay, this card is, is worth a token. And if you succeed in this, in this encounter, you win the token. And the token will be the, it, you know, at the end of the game, the token explodes and you get these, like, you get like three or four cards, new cards. So it, it depends on if you're successful. There is one encounter that I have ran into multiple times. Where I have to succeed like three times, uh, in order to actually beat it. I have yet to beat it. Um, and even if you fail an encounter, it doesn't mean you you lose the game. It's just like, uh, so the encounter in, in question I'm talking about is called the, uh, I think it's called the Devil's Carnival, where you go, you, you've been traveling, you come to a, a town that's having a carnival. Uh, and the first uh, uh, succeed or fail is you just going through town, and you have two succeeds and two fail cards. All right. If you succeed, you move on down, and you're you know you're looking at the attractions and stuff, but you start feeling this. You start feeling drowsy, is what he says. Um, and then now you have one success card and two failure card or three failure cards. So it gets even harder. And then they have one more, and I've never been able to beat it because it shuffles it like three times really fast, and I can't find the success card. Um, and it always ends with like, uh, it, apparently, at the, end of the enca- at the end of the encounter, every time I failed, it says you wake up at the edge of the woods, and when you turn around, it's a deserted city. So it's been like, you know, it's like, oh, you went to this carnival that wasn't really there. It was like demons were like, you know, possessing you or something. And, and you travel on. And there's a, there's a story mode and there's an endless mode. Endless mode, basically, see how far you can get until you die. Um, the, the story mode is you have all these different bosses. And you have to keep traveling until you reach the boss, kill the boss, and then you go to the next boss which is the next game uh 
And every time you kill a boss, you unlock new cards, like new encounters, new weapons, stuff like that. Um, the the story mode, I'd say easily lasts you probably 10, 15 hours, somewhere around in there. Um, and then the endless mode, obviously, you know, you never, it, it never ends. So, um, but the cool thing is, is like there's three tiers of bosses. So after you beat three bosses, he basically says, okay, we're going to up the ante. My monsters are going to get stronger, but you're also going to get stronger. You're going to start each time you start a new game, you'll start out with better weapons or better gear or, you know, you, or more gold or something like that. Um, so there's, it's kind of a trade off. He gets better, but you also get better. Um, that game's fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah, it has, it has a few performance issues. That may just be the Xbox One version. I played the Xbox One version. It's also on Steam and PlayStation 4. Um, I don't know which version plays the best, but I know that there were a few performance issues. It's actually really cool though. Like the, like the presentation is really what stands out to me because the dealer's really cool. He's always talking to you and stuff. But when you go into a combat scenario, all the cards. So, so you see the arena and it shows like the cars go onto the arena and like the monster card will show up and then a monster comes up out of the card and then your card shows up and it shows your guy there and then your helmet car comes on. He grabs his helmet, puts it on and he catches his sword and he catches his, you know, shield. It's, it's really cool how they handled the presentation. Um, and it's very well done. It sounds like, uh, the beginning of Eye of Judgment to me. It's, it's a lot like Eye of Judgment. But, you know, without the the gimmick, pretty much. Uh, I, I think you would totally love that game, Matt. Yeah, I think I would, too, after listening to you talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is, it's a very well-done adventure game, much like Dungeons & Dragons. So mm-hmm. uh, I highly suggest that one. But the game I can talk about, and oh, you get a first exclusive here because I couldn't talk about it on the N4G podcast because I was still <laughs> under embargo. But the embargo lifted Tuesday, so now I can talk about it. And this is the quote-unquote big game that I'm playing right now, even though it's not. I, I wouldn't consider it a big game, but it is a retail game. It's a game called Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters. That rolls off the tongue. Yeah. How do I even start with this? So Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters. Originally, I asked Ken asked me, he said, do you want to review this? I said, what the hell is it? He said, it's a visual novel game. Now, I've played visual novel games before. I've reviewed them, uh, particularly Corpse Party. I, or, or any Telltale game. Or Well, yeah, any Telltale game. Telltale... It, it's slightly different. There's not much. Yeah, I guess you could consider that. that. That's more of an adventure game, while visual novels are usually just you reading a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, with a I've few. Never actually played one. I would love to though. I played Corpse Party and the second one. Uh, I had to do those for review. Those are okay. They try to do you know a little bit of a horror aspect. Um, so it's kind of like you're reading a horror novel, but at the same time, you know, you see your character talking to people and stuff like that. Um, so is it just a game with 
no interaction or is it a novel that's just got animation to it? It is it's kind of like a choose your own adventure. So like in Corpse Party you can particularly the second one. I remember the second one the most because Corpse Party happened and I vaguely remember it. And then Corpse Party 2 happened and I remember it a lot because it is basically Corpse Party 1, but you play as a character who knows what's going to happen. Kind of like in Final Destination, mm-hmm. where all this bad shit is going to happen to all these people. They're all going to die, but you have that information, and now you can stop it. Um, and uh, so you get to choose certain things, like do we go down this hallway? Do we go down the other hallway? You know, and... and and it's like, oh, go to page four, and you go read page four. I mean, but you know, but in video games, since not in, but kind of like a choose your own adventure book, like those old Goosebump books and stuff like that. They had the choose your own adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in Ghost Hunters, Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters, it's a little different because Ken told me it was a visual novel, and I'm like, okay, I've done these before. I I, I originally thought it was going to be kind of like a horror, you know, kind of like Corpse Party. I was like, okay, I, I'm down for, you know, getting a little spooked, spooked out by fucking, you know, the Japanese horror. You know, they do decent ghost stories sometimes. And um, come to find out, this game is actually, it's part visual novel, part strategy game. Uh, so you play as this kid who just transferred to a new high school. How many Japanese video games have I ever played where I play as a transfer student to a new high school? I can't name them all, but this is one of them. Um, and a lot of shit has happened at this school. Apparently a student killed themselves and uh, the... The like the top floor of the school has been cut off because they jumped off the building. Um, so you and the class president decide uh, to go on a tour of the place, and you go up to the top floor, and oh no, her ghost is there. And then all of a sudden, these people show up. This this woman in a suit shows up, and this guy in a wheelchair who is also a classmate he shows up. And they're like, we got to fight this ghost. And so they, they fight the ghost. They quote unquote exercise it. And they say, well, you can see ghosts. You have a gift. Why don't you join our group? Come to find out certain people at the school, along with this woman, run this. It's like a weekly newspaper magazine um, called The Gatekeepers. Uh it's kind of like a paranormal investigators, uh, but they, they 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 hide the fact that they are ghostbusters by saying, "Oh, we just work for a newspaper." So you join their group, and the whole time this is like a visual novel. You're reading people talking to you, and you can make. It's so strange how they handle this. So instead of giving you dialogue options, they give you. Somebody will ask you a question, right? And then they give you these icons. One icon may be a... The first group of icons is a fist, a eye with a tear drop, 
two handshaking and a heart. Okay. You choose one of those icons and then another group of icons pops up. That being a hand, a nose, an eye, a tongue, and an ear. I, for the life of me, can't figure out what I'm choosing. Most of the time I choose handshake and then use my hand. And so I shake everybody's hand. Because I, like, and it's like, well, you, I don't shake hands. Most of like, you know, I, I was talking later on in the game, you meet a, a Yakuza boss and he's like, we don't shake hands. And I'm like, okay. And so I started smelling people and everybody's like, you're fucking weird. You smell everybody. And I'm like, I don't know what to choose. Yeah. You, I mean, it seems like those are your five senses, right? Yeah. It's all about your five senses. But, but are they specifically applied to conversations or can you apply them to? generalized situations or locations that yeah. don't have people. So yeah, the, like uh, to begin with, you see a, a white substance laying on the ground and they're like, what is that? And then the options come up. And so I was uh, like, I, I chose handshake icon with nose. So I smelled it. And it said it doesn't particularly have a smell. And I was like, okay, but I'm just like, should I should I sadly smell it, or should I I sh- should I angrily smell it, or should I lovingly smell it? I mean, it's like it's fucking weird how how they handle that. But anyway, so you join the gatekeepers, who are essentially Ghostbusters, and I say that in almost a literal term. Because while this game does have some quote-unquote emotional pieces that I never find emotional, for the most part, this is a ragtag group of heroes who go and exercise ghosts using using various things to stop ghosts. So this is part Ghostbusters, part Supernatural. Because you use table salt... To stop ghosts. They can't cross table salt. You use iron pipes to hurt ghosts. Because apparently cold iron um, can hurt a ghost. That's in lore, apparently. I didn't know that. Um, And then you also use like shotguns that are full of rock salt and stuff like that. So, then you go to the strategy part. You take on missions, people who, you know, have got something strange in their neighborhood and they call you to go bust their ghost. You go and you investigate, you figure out what kind of ghost this is, you know, who's it haunting, why is it haunting this person, and then you get a layout of, especially a blueprint of a location. So say... The first mission takes place in an apartment. This guy is being haunted by his ex-girlfriend. Okay. So we need to exercise her. And we ask him, he's like, all right, so point on the map where you normally see her. And so he has these different blocks where, okay, here and here and here. So then you start planning. So you, you go back to your base and you plan out everything. So you can use table salt. We will pour table salt here so we can restrict it from going over here. 
or we can put out a EMP or like a, like a, um, not an EMP, um, the EKG meter. Uh, we can, we can put out a, a, a one that will tell us where the ghost is. Cause, uh, it, it's kind of like a fog of war, you know, where, where you're standing somewhere you can only see so far. But if you have a EKG meter on the other side of the room and the ghost is over there, we can see the ghost. It's like the ghost is over there next to the EKG meter because it's going off. So we need to go over there. So you never see your characters. It's not like a strategy RPG in, in the traditional sense. You're always looking at a blueprint and your characters are represented by a dot. Okay. And so are the ghosts. Um, and everything happens in a turn. Each turn is a minute and supposedly ghosts only haunt for a certain amount of time. Like I only see, I only see my dead girlfriend's ghost for like 15 minutes and then she disappears and she won't come back till the next night. So you got 15 minutes, 15 turns to take out this ghost. So you have to position yourself, you and your party members. Uh, depending on what type of weapon they're using. So if, if I'm using a shotgun, uh, it'll do a blast three, three, uh, three blocks ahead of me. So I have to put it in that vicinity to hit it. Uh, same way with like iron pipes, you can swing ahead of you and stuff like that. So you move your characters. At the same time, the ghost will be moving as well. So you have to predict where the ghost is going to be rather than, okay, there's the ghost. Let me shoot at it. The ghost will move by the time you shoot. So, um, it's all about, uh, setting up traps to, to make the ghost move somewhere else and then trying to hit where that ghost is going to be. The other part that reminds me of ghostbusters is the fact that my first mission uh, I didn't realize that that like what I was doing. So uh, so I had an iron pipe, and I was trying to I was running after this ghost trying to hit it. Well, I hit it, and it kept popping up. It was like, oh, you hit a television with an iron pipe and broke it. And, oh, you hit a window and broke the window. That's fucking taken out of your your payment. So you have to watch what you hit while you're running around. Otherwise, you don't get paid for it. So I was in the red. I damaged so much shit in this guy's apartment that I had to end up paying him for the repairs. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's fucking weird, but okay. And and that's that kind of plays into it where you need to plan correctly. But at the same time, it's a fucking chore trying to catch these ghosts or try, you know, just trying to like figure out where these ghosts are going to be the next turn. It's, it is damn near impossible. The best thing to do is just fucking surround it with your party members. So it can't go anywhere. The problem is you're guaranteed. One of your party members is going to get hit each turn and your party members aren't the sturdiest people in the world. Mm. Um, so it's, I mean, they, they, they can't necessarily die. They, they go to the hospital. So it's, and you have to pay the hospital bill. So it's, 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 it's dumb shit like that. It's, it's so weird. Like the trophy list is all quotes from movies like Ghostbusters and A Nightmare on Elm Street 
and um, The Shining, uh, The Sixth Sense, Beetlejuice. It's, it's, it's so weird how they handle this stuff. Um, but it's okay. Uh, if there's one thing, I, I'm a big sucker for cool presentations. And this one, I, I know it's been done before. Hell, it was done in Alone in the Dark. But each chapter plays out like a episode of a television show. So much yeah. that they show an opening and a credits at the end uh, of each episode. Mm. And I'm just like, ah, that's kind of cool. You know, because it's like you're watching a, an episode of anime. So it's um, it's interesting. Um, I don't think it's particularly... As far as the visual novel goes, I don't think they're going to get a lot out of it because it's, it's, it's confusing on what you're choosing. And it, each episode is like its own thing. So the first episode is about... This guy and his fiance and she died. And then the second episode is like about this, this, uh, band is being haunted by one of its ex band members. It, it, it's all focused on the task at hand, kind of like monster of the week. Uh, and it's not focused on the characters, the, 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 the people in the group. So you never really get to know them that well. And I think that's it, – it's, it's just really strange how they handled that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a mess. It, it, it is a bit of a mess. It is. I, I, it, I mean, it's straight up full-on RPG, though. I'm talking like you level up, you get new equipment, you can equip all sorts of shit. You know, you get all these different traps that you can set up. Um, you can train your characters. So you're still part of a magazine – so when you train people, you train them in like, like proofing and, uh, better writing and stuff like that. But it, it, it has a double meaning. So like proofing would mean, uh, you, uh, when you damage something in a house, it doesn't take as much, uh, it doesn't cost as much to fix and stuff like that. So it's so weird how they handle this stuff. It's almost like, is it a joke? And I'm not in on the joke. You know, I I can't tell if this game is trying to be tongue in cheek, or if it's trying to be serious. Because there's a lot of times where like the characters and the the shit that goes down is like is kind of serious, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, oh, you broke a plasma television, now you got to pay for it. You know, it's, it's it's strange, and then the characters are a little weird. There's you know, I got the. The one guy who loves rock and roll music, and he, he uses an electric guitar that to attack enemies. And you know, there's the the guy, you know, the the guy in the wheelchair who is like the the computer expert who's who's always on the you know the radio. He's telling you where the ghosts are. And then you have the 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 boss who's you know always you know bossing people around, and you know you guys. You guys are great, but at the same time, I hate you. And I'm just like, what is this? So, how much of this did you say is like novel, and how much of it is RPG style gameplay? Well, I'd say a chapter, a chapter of the, of uh, one story chapter would last about about an hour and ten twenty minutes, and I'd say. I'd say an hour of that is 
planning, equipping, and training your characters as well as the battles. And then 20 to 30 minutes of it would be visual novel. Depending on how fast you read, to be honest with you. The thing is they give you the option to skip all the dialogue and just get to the, get to the, to the, the battles. So I'm, I like, I'm like, it's weird how they handle that. This, these, these could easily have been short cutscenes and you going to the missions. But the, the thing is, is that the missions aren't particularly that interesting. You know, maybe if it was like a, like a traditional strategy RPG where I could see my characters and you can move them around on a grid. Kind of like Disgaea or, you know, any other Final Fantasy Tactics game. I mean, that, that would work. Um, but it, everything is so minimal. You know, you're looking at a blueprint and you're the red dot and your party members, the blue and green dot. You know, it's, it, it just doesn't work. It's okay. That's the thing. It's like, it's not inherently bad. It, it's not. I'm I'm not necessarily bored with it. I think that the dialogue is is done well. It's just I you know I don't I don't particularly care. But the presentation is good. That's the thing is like I I just to see what happens next to see these crazy ghosts. There's like a ghost of a gunslinger like haunting this yakuza boss, and you have to fight him and. You know, all the bosses are different, and then at the same time, like to train even more, you can you can uh, go into like this. Um, you can take on like smaller missions. It's like oh, oh, like there's a ghost in the park. You want to take him out for like a thousand bucks? You know, uh, it's just chump change, but I mean, you can gain experience points for it. So it's um, it's it's, it's man, that's a strange game. I don't know how to even review it. That's the thing. It's like, what am I going to type up? What is the uh, price point? Is it a full? I want to say it's thirty nine. I'm it not certain. Sounds like a like a fifty nine dollar type of game. This is most certainly not a fifty nine ninety nine game. And if they're charging that, then it is not worth it. Um, but you have brought up a very good. Point. I, I I now want to look it up and see because I'm I'm, I'm curious now. Uh, let's see if Amazon even has it. It's coming to both Vita and um, PlayStation Three. Tokyo. I can't spell. Bad, uh, bad radio, but I'm, that's all right. I'm looking this up. Here we go. Amazon PlayStation Vita version. $39.99 for the PlayStation Play, PS Vita. Um, yeah, that, that seems about right. What I would have expected. Yeah. Let's see here. From visual novel pioneers, Axis, Axis, Axis Games comes Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters, the newest visual novel strategy game from the publisher that brought you Zero Escape series to the West. As a new transfer student, you join as a part-timer at a magazine, a front for a strange ghost hunting organization. 
With each ghost you encounter, learn more about its past and banish it from this world. More than just a visual novel, Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters mo what? Modes of story and battle. Each episode, 13 in total, is comprised of one of each. Choose wisely a, as each decision you make in either episode will decide your fate. That's bullshit. Um, 13 episodes of unfinished business. Get those exorcisms. Since your own path took a twilight implements an innovative choose your own path system by which the decisions you make affect your path. Want to touch something? Great. How about smell it? No, that that's not choose your own path. It doesn't matter what you do. I don't care what these people are saying. Because I guarantee you, if I shook the person's hand, it would have had the exact same result if I smelled their fucking hair. So, I don't know what to think of that. Like I said, it's not a bad game, and I'm sure there's people out there that will enjoy it. Hell, even I enjoy it in some aspects. But it's just like when when I'm doing the battles, truth be told, I've done I've done seven of the episodes. no, I've done eight of the episodes so far. The first like four were easy as hell. And then the next four it it, it became difficult to the point uh, the last episode, it was the the last two episodes were so bad that I died. I failed. Um you should have smelled that guy's hair. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it was just during the battles. So what? <laughs> so what ended up happening was, I I saw the ghost that I needed to kill, and I saw where it ran off to. Okay, when I failed the mission, I restarted it. There, nothing changes. It, it's going to follow the exact same path. So now I know exactly what to do. So the best thing to do is is go into a battle, watch and see where the ghosts are, restart. And then you don't have to predict where they're going to be because I fucking know where they're going to be. They follow a set path. Even if even if they spot you, they spot you. So like supposedly, if they spot a one of your party members, they they change up, and they may very well change up. But it seems like once they spot my party members, they're fucking surrounded. They're they're not getting out. Now it's just blasting them and 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 hitting them with a, a fucking you know hitting them with shit. So it's. I don't know. It's it, 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 it's something. Uh, uh, visual novel people don't go into this thinking it's a visual novel because it is most certainly a strategy game. And strategy fans don't go into this thinking it's just a strategy game because you're going to do a lot of reading too. And, and arbitrary icon choosing on when you get questioned by something. I don't know. It's it's so weird. I just I I sound down on this game and I kinda am, but at the same time it's not bad. I'm not sold. You would hate this game, Matt. I'm just saying that right now. Um luckily I don't know. I, ha- I have an open mind, or at least I, I like to think I have an open mind for most of this stuff. And I'm willing to try anything. I mean, you know, I, I've reviewed three hyperdimension Neptunia games. And truth be told, I don't like those games. 
at all, but Ken kept asking me until we finally got Jay to review them. And it's, you know, it it is what it is. I play them. I say these games are not for me, but I can see how some, there's a lot of people. There's a fucking rabid fan base for Hyperdimension Neptunia. And they, they have, I will give them this. They have progressively gotten better. The first Hyperdimension Neptunia game was god awful. It was bad. It was just a shitty fucking game. Um, the second one, uh, was, was a major improvement. The third one was a slightly better improvement over that one. And after that, I stopped playing them. I'll tell you a series I actually really liked was, um, and I had to review them originally too. It was, uh, made by, uh, Gust. Uh, it was called the, the, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've always called it Atelier. Um, but there, there are, it's, it's anime type games where you play mostly as girls, but it's Atelier, like Rorona, which is a character. Yeah. What now? I've seen it, but I've never actually tried to say it out loud. Right. (laughs) So they got Rorona and Murmu, Muru. It's all about different characters, right? But the other characters are in the game, too. Those, that game series is good. Like, I, I can sit down and actually play those games. Um, it all, you know, all revolves around alchemy and shit like that. So you, you're creating shit. You, you find stuff and you're creating it and the battles are okay and the progression is decent. Um, and some of the characters are alright. Um, but it's, it, like, the, that, that, I prefer that series way over the Hyperdimension Neptunia games and the other game, that I could not stand was the Mugen Souls. They've only been two of them so far. And I reviewed both those and I, I wanted to like gouge my eyes out while I was playing those. I just like th- that and Hyperdimension Neptunia. There's so many fucking useless dialogue scenes in that game. And the, most of his voice, that's the thing, is that these anime games that come over here, holy shit, man, they got like fucking hours of voice acting. It blows my mind. And it's like, for the most part, the voice acting is done good. It's just the dialogue is complete ass. (laughs) It's it's like, there's so many like, do you, do you, you've heard of Hyperdimension Neptunia, right, Matt? Yeah, I've never played them though. Do you know what they're about? No. All right. I don't know the actual term. A friend of mine told me about it because I, when I first reviewed the very first game, I still live with my old roommates. And a buddy of mine was over at my place when I started playing Hyperdimension Neptunia 1, the first one. And come to find out, these games are essentially a parody of video game consoles. So you play as a girl named Neptune, who is basically a human embodiment of a Sega Neptune or a Sega Saturn. Um, I, I think Sega was going to release a Neptune, but they never did. Um, but then there's also characters that represent the Xbox 360 and hmm. the PlayStation 3. And the Wii, 
and they you know they all have corresponding colors with each other and they live in a place called the gaming industry <laughs> it's, it's all one word gaming industry and they're part of this thing called the console wars yep it sounds pretty clearly like a parody um and i <laughs> there's just so many cutscenes of like it's just it's, it's so dumb like you'll get a cutscene with with tons of voice dialogue that will last like 5 minutes and it has absolutely no bearing on the story whatsoever and that's the thing it's like the problem is is that they they intertwine dumb cutscenes that have nothing to do with the story with with the cutscenes that do have stuff to do with the story particularly like where to go next and so I have to sit there and listen to them all. You know, if it was up to me, I'd skip them. But I can't because I might miss actual vital information. So it's, oh man. Like, it, this is so weird. Like, Kinji and Kinji, Kinji Inafune, I can't pronounce Japanese names, but the guy who created Mega Man, mm-hmm. he, 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 he came on board for the second game and helped make it. So and, and like he's even in the game, like it, his face is in the game, and you can talk to him. It, it's fucking weird. It, it's like I don't know. I'm a big fan of Japanese developers. I really am. Hell, so my my favorite games of all time, my top three are Japanese made games, but they make some fucking weird stuff too. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on. I got I got another review like I got it today. It's a, an Etrian Odyssey game. Etrian, Etrian. getting a lot of strange titles. Yeah, uh, I don't mind the Etrian Odyssey games. They're hard as shit. Um, it's on the it's on the 3ds. Uh, this one's this one's very different from the Etrian Odyssey games that I know. Uh, this one's called Etrian Mystery Dungeon. Uh, I just started it today, and I think, um, unfortunately, I believe I am under embargo because the game doesn't come out for another month. Mm. So, can't talk about that, but I am reviewing that. And then I reviewed some pinball tables, which I, I, I wrote that today. It's hard to review pinball tables. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. But, yeah. That's what I've been doing. And then, you know, playing Metal Gear and playing Resident Evil with you. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually been going back and forth between Resident Evil 6 with you the last few days and then uh, Resident Evil Revelations. One. One. Because... I don't feel like I need to beat 6 before I play Revelations, but I'm not going to play Revelations 2 until I beat Revelations 1, and I'm certainly not going to buy 7 whenever that comes out before finishing 6. And at the rate we're going, we wouldn't finish 6 for, you know, another 20 years. Well, I think we're actually determined this time. Yeah, this time I, I, you know, we just hit the halfway point, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the second half especially, and to see how it wraps up, because... I've heard that the two that we still have left to play are the better two. Yeah. I have been told by a couple of people that me and you need to do Leon's campaign next. 
Yeah, that, that's what I was hoping to do. Yeah. So we'll do that, and then we'll do Ada's campaign. Because they said that originally Ada's campaign was locked until you beat everybody's campaign. And there's a reason why. So I guess that's supposed to be the last one you play. Hmm. Uh, yeah, at least that, that's what I've been told. I could They could be lying to me. But, um, you know... I don't know what to think of Resident Evil 6. I think we'll get into it more when we finish the game. But me and you have played probably, what, about three hours of it this week? Yeah, about three hours. And um, it's, it's, it's not, to me, it's not a Resident Evil game. It, 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 is, it is even far more removed than Resident Evil 5 was. Yeah, although you can see that five put the series on the trajectory trajectory to get to six. This is very true. Um, and I remember the first time I ever played Resident Evil Five, I had it on Xbox 360. I played with a friend of mine that I that I knew uh, that he he worked at my local GameStop, and yeah, you know, I was friends with the guys at GameStop. Um, and I played through the entire thing with him. And for some reason, I was really down on that game. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, um, I felt the same way. I played it solo the first time I played through it. So yes, yeah, that'd be kind of rough. I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd have been down even more on if I'd played solo. <laughs> yeah, that's not the game to solo. Um, but then, uh, I, I, at least two years down the line after Resident Evil Five came out, I picked up the PS3 version, the gold version that came with all the DLC, and I told you about it, and you had that version too. Well, I had the original one, and then I received the DLC to review, actually. Right. So I, I, never, I never actually had the gold version, but I think I had all the gold version content. I think, didn't we didn't we play, like, we heard the announcement of Resident Evil 6, and that made us go and play Resident Evil 5? Yeah, I think was so. That, was that what it was? Because I had had the gold edition for years. And then we heard about Resident Evil 6. I said, man, I should go back and finally play. You know, I, I picked up the gold edition for like 15 bucks. You got it. Let's play it. Yeah. And we, we diligently played through Resident Evil 5. Um, yeah, that was- in like a, in a week's time or something like that, didn't we? Yeah, a week or two. And uh, I have a newfound respect for that game. You know, I was I, I had been down on it for a long time. But when me and you played it together and finished it, I was like, you know what? That was actually a pretty fun game. Um, six, they just kick it up to like fucking Fast and the Furious levels. Just like yeah. craziness. It's a ridiculous game. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some fucking ridiculous shit in all of them, particularly five, where Chris is, he, he fucking punches a boulder at the end of that game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, to me, they, they tried to make resident evil an action game, like a, like a third person shooter. And I don't think Capcom knows how to do that correctly. Or at least this team doesn't know how to do that correctly because while the shooting is okay, there's so many things that really don't make much sense 
you know, like, and they don't tell you anything. And that, that was one of the things that Ken told me. He said that there is actually a spreadsheet online that shows you all the controls and stuff that you can actually do in this game. Unfortunately, they decide not to tell you any of that stuff in the game itself. So there's like, you know, you can, you can kind of like do it like a dodge. You're not a dodge, but like you can do like a, like a, a Max Payne fucking you know, jump into the air and shoot kind of deal and land on the ground. So you can kind of get out of the way of shit and also shoot stuff at the same time. I don't know how to do it. I haven't looked at that spreadsheet. Apparently it's in the game. I think I may have triggered it once by accident and I was like, why am I laying on the ground? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, between the control wonkiness and all the little glitches and freezes and stuff. Yeah. It's surprising to me that it was such a huge budget game. I mean, it feels like a big budget game, but it it is lacking a shocking amount of polish, I think. Yeah, in certain aspects, I, I believe it does lack a little bit of polish. But at the same time, holy shit, man, this is a... God, the shit that happens in this game is a fucking blockbuster movie, man. Yeah, no, it's definitely crazy. I mean, it's... I mean, it, visually, it looks fucking great. Yeah. You know, I think it, it... Was it 2012 when this came out? I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, And it was... Yeah, it was... It, it, it still looks great. Um, I don't know. I, I'll have more thoughts on it when we finish this game. Yep. Which I think what we're going to do is, like, I don't know when we're going to finish it. We can try it for for at least next week. Um, I should be available some this weekend and whatever. But I think the next Phoenix Down we do we may cover our, our full thoughts on the game. I want to kind of save them a little bit. Yeah, sort of a mix between a, a one-off and an intermission. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Anything else? Anything else you playing? I, I, I truth be told, I, I wanted to actually discuss this with you, and we can do it on the show itself. Um, when we like, we're, we're playing through the Metal Gear games this year, and that's going to take a little while. And it's going to take take some. It, it, there's going to be multiple episodes. that's going to have to take up. But what I, what I was hoping to do was get back to kind of our roots a little bit, and play games that are on our backlog because holy shit, I need to finish some of these games. <laughs> um, yeah. like, and I know that they, you know, we've, we've kind of delved, you know, the past three years we've been doing this, we kind of, we kind of delve into the whole, well, let's play a game I haven't played before or play a game that, oh yeah, I remember that game. It was fun. And actually like eliminate some of this shit on our backlog. That's up to you, though. Well, I mean, Parasite Eve was a big one on my backlog. Right. I, I was real happy that we could knock that one out. Especially when it turns out to be more enjoyable than you fear it might yeah. be. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I I had to make a giant list. I mean, PlayStation Plus alone, the library that is on my PlayStation 3 right now, yeah, I mean, you almost can't count that because you can't even keep up with the games that are coming out on Plus. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's 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 scary. I mean, even if we only played those games, we would never catch up. That's true. 
but there's ones that kind of stick out to me, like the, like the hardcore retail games. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, like like this what what the 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 major one that came out this month was pretty much the Sherlock Holmes game. Yep, that was yeah. that's that's the big one. The other ones are small, like Counter Spy and you know stuff like that. Ollie Ollie Two. I mean, those aren't games that you can actually cover in a game club. You know, you can cover you know crimes and punishment. So it's it, it's a little different in that aspect. But I mean, like you know, it, we do. You know, I had. Uh, Jesus Christ, I don't even know, man. That's the thing. It's like I've got so many fucking games. I'd have to look at it, to be honest with you. I know Kingdoms of Amalur is one of them. Dragon's Dogma is one of them. We've been talking about those two for I don't know how long. Yeah, both of those I'd like to play through. And both of those I've played. Truth be told, both of those I fucking reviewed, but I never finished them. I know a lot of people out there is like, well, you, you shouldn't have reviewed the game. Well, I'll tell you this. I put way over 20 hours into both of them. I think I experienced a lot of that game. Particularly Kingdom of Zambalore. I played that game so fucking much that I was sick of it. I was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. That that, that was my thing. I fucking that's, loved it. That's a pretty bad first sign when you're sick of it before the game's over. Oh, yeah. Well, that, well, uh, I'm going to tell you, if we ever do Kingdom of Zambalore, do not do side quests in that game. Cause that, that's what, that's what turned me off of it. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys where you give me a shit ton of side quests. I'm going to fucking do them. You know, Dragon Age, you know, Inquisition was kind of the same way. I eventually just had to say, okay, no more side quests, you know, and, and Amalur, Amalur, I'm, I'm not even kidding around with you when I say that Amalur and Dragon Age Inquisition, they're neck and neck with the amount of fucking content in those games. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it, like Amalur is more of just like it's a light version of Dragon Age. It's more uh, action focused. Um, the story is there, but it's not. It's not like a Dragon Age story. It's not. It's not as epic feeling. God, I fucking loved Amalur though. Amalur's combat was amazing. That that was that was the standout for it was the combat. It was so visceral. Hmm. Um, and then Dragon's Dogma was the same way. I know a lot of people hate Dragon's Dogma. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Is that the one that's closer to uh, the Soul series than yeah. Dragon Age? Yeah, it's 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 closer to the Soul series, and, and that aspect is it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's a, it's a difficult game. Um, there's not really much hand-holding in that game. Um but it is more action focused and it is, I would say that it is more forgiving than a souls game is. Um, but that, that, that was one of the first games that, that was a game where I, I, I took lighting into a whole new level when I was like pitch black. When you, when you do not go out at night in <laughs> dragon's dogma, you can't see shit. Yeah. That's the thing is like, there was I always go back to that one moment where, I played as like, like a magic archer or something like that, and they have like flame arrows, and like you have a you have a party member that talks to you all the time, and I, I was traveling from one point to the other, and it got pitch black. It was like midnight, and like my my party members like I think we're surrounded, so I pulled out a fire arrow and shot it, and it did the whole like you know in pitch black. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say. 
Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like that. And like when my arrow went out, I was like, oh shit, we're surrounded by like fucking zombies and dire wolves. I don't know what the fuck to do. It was, it was really good. I mean, they, they have some pretty good moments in, in that game. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's just so many things. Is there anything you're really itching to play from our backlog? I mean, I'm, I'm I, like, I'm, I'm trying to even imagine if I, I don't even want to open up my steam. If I open up my steam, it, it would scare me. That's, that's, that's the thing is like, uh, all right, let me open up steam. Just, to, just I was going to name them off because fuck it. We got time. My library. From what I have installed on my computer right now. I'll start from the bottom. XCOM Enemy Unknown. Never finished it. Um, that may be a difficult one to talk about, though. Uh, the Witcher 2. The Witcher. Yeah, at some point we need to do The Witcher. Yeah. Viking Battle for Asgard. Uh, to the Moon. Titan Quest, South Park, The Stick of Truth. That's one that I really want to finish. Uh, let's see here. Sniper Elite V2, Sleeping Dogs, Sequence, Risen, Risen 3, Risen 2. Portal 2. Oh yeah, I love the first one. I played through the first one a couple times, but I've never played the second one. Yeah, I, I've owned it for years. I've never even touched it. Overlord, Overlord Two, Misa Mara. Let's see here. I, I mean, I, like I can name off the small games like Mark of the Ninja, Magica, Legend of Grimrock, Crater. Uh, let's see here. Fallout New Vegas. Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Never beat that game. I would like to I would like to play it. I have it. I've started it a couple times. I've never gotten very far in it. Uh see so your Dungeon Siege, Dungeon Siege 2, Dungeon Siege 3. I played through Dungeon Siege 3. I did it for a review. Uh, that's a fucking amazing game. I don't care what anybody says. I know people, a lot of people hate that game, but I fucking love Dungeon Siege 3. Yeah, I started that on your recommendation. I liked it quite a bit. I just, I started it right before we were playing Dragon Age, I think, and I didn't want to play two games that similar. Yeah. Let's see here. Divinity, Original Sin, Divinity 2, uh, Dragon Knight Saga, <sighs> Deadpool. Never finished that. Huh. Dead Rising 2 off the record. Darksiders 2. Dark Souls 2. Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, which I don't ever think I'm going to finish because fuck that game. Uh, let's see here. Amira Fate, which is the, 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 it was the 3DS game, Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate, which was a 3DS game, but they got the HD version on the computer. I heard that was fantastic. Uh, 
It's kind of like more of a traditional Metroidvania side scroller, Castlevania game. Let's see here. And that's all I got installed. Like, I don't even want to. I can't even look at my fucking. Oh, God. We actually finished binary domain. Thank God. I mean, it's, it's so, there's so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, which is why it's almost a little weird to say, yeah, we're going to play backlog games, but that essentially doesn't narrow it down very much. I know. Still, still need to find a reason to play one of these. Right. So that's why I, I like, you know, it feels like I'm always the one that, that chooses them and you just kind of like, okay, I'll do that one. Yeah, I figure I just picked the last two in a row with Horde and Parasite Eve. I'm I'm happy to keep picking if you want, but I mean it's no big deal. I mean whichever game you want to do. I figure I figure we finished Resident Evil Six. That's on the backlog, so we can finish that one. I finish we finished Resident Evil Six. Because Resident Evil Six is blocking me from playing seven, which I want to play, I hope. I hope when it comes out I'm excited for it. And then um Probably after Resident Evil Six, it'll be enough time for where we can finally do we we can do Metal Gear Two or Metal Gear Solid Two, yeah. and then after that, I, I figured we'd take a, a break for a little while, maybe do a couple of games or maybe a, a longer game uh, from the backlog kind of deal. Yeah, Deadly Premonition is high on my list of games I want to do. Okay, I have that game. I got it for PlayStation Plus. Um. I actually have it on both the 360 and and digitally from PS Plus. Right. The um, my thing is is like I have never actually played Deadly Premonition, but I have seen probably 15 hours of that game played. Um, I'm not kidding around when <laughs> I I say that that game's like 30 hours or or longer. Um, cause I'll never forget it. I was, I watched my old roommate play it. Um, he was playing the 360 version and I remember he paused the game and he, I think he went to go get something to drink or something like that. And we noticed that there was a timer there and you know, the game is, is in, I don't say real time, but I mean, it, it, there it has a day and night cycle and I noticed it said, uh, like 23 hours. And we were like, is that the in-game time, or is that how long you've been playing this game? Come to find out, he had been playing that game for 23 hours. Like, this fucking game is 20-something hours long? No, that was like the halfway point. Huh. That game is long as fuck. Like, he, he, he I mean, he finished it. I, I couldn't believe it. That's the thing. I, I kept falling asleep while he was playing it. There was, huh. there was, there was, there was so many times where he would... He'd be playing it. I'd just fall asleep, and I'd wake up like a couple hours later, and he's still playing it. And I'm like, how far are you in? He's like, I don't know. That's the thing. He never knew how far he was in in that game. Mm. And it was like, apparently, there's like a serial killer in the game, and uh, there's parts where you get chased by him. I swear to God, I never saw any chase sequences. He kept talking about it. I said, yeah, the serial killer is after me. I'm like... Well, how come we never see him? It's like, dude, I run away from him all the time. I'm like, I must be falling asleep whenever you're running away from him. 
Because it's true. I, every time I fell asleep was when he started getting chased by a fucking the serial killer. I'm just like, okay. That's, that's how much I pay attention to this shit. But Deadly Premonition, that's that's one of them. Someday. Someday. Some, someday. You know, I, I, I really... Those two RPGs that I mentioned, uh, I would like to do possibly this year. Um, I don't know which one though. Uh, if I, if I were leaning toward one, shit, man, I don't even know. I personally like Keepers of Amalur better than I did um, Dragon's Dogma. Of the two, Kingdoms of Amalur is the one I'm more interested in playing. Yeah. We could try that one. But, I mean, as far as, like, a game, a smaller game that we can play. Do you own, like, I haven't asked you this, do you own The Evil Within? (laughs) I, I don't. But I just saw like five minutes ago that it went back on sale for thirty bucks. All right, I bought that while it was on sale, and that I think that'd be a decent one too. Yeah, that'd be cool, especially to compare it to Resident Evil Six. Yeah, uh, I did play probably the first two chapters of that game, so I'm not, I'm not that far into it. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, more easy two or two episode type of game. Yeah, that'd be that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a decent one to do. Um, I know it's relatively new. Uh, it's, you know, it's what six months old now. But yes, yeah, other time frame. There's also the Wolfenstein game since they announced the sequel. That's that's another good one. In fact, I I actually want to play that game. Yeah, me too. So, that might be another good one we could play. I hear it's around maybe 10, 12 hours. Yeah, it's solid two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down for both of those. Well, we can, we can, we can, we can weigh them and stuff like that. I don't know. We're just discussing it now. And just, um, I don't know. Is it, it like that's a, that's the thing? I I have the hardest time trying to find figure out a game to play. You know, whenever we hit, we have plans. That's the thing. It's like we plan them. Like, yeah, we're gonna do Dragon Age this year. Well, hell, that takes up half a fucking year. It seems like. Yeah. And then like, oh, we're gonna do all the Metal Gears. That's gonna take up half a year. Because <laughs> you know, Metal Gear Solid One. That's that's a short game compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 2 is going to take at least three episodes. It's going to have to. Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. I was figuring three. Um, three or four. Yeah. So that's almost a month right there. So that's, I don't know. It's it, Before we get done talking here and then I close off the podcast, tell me about this haul that you picked up on eBay. Oh, yeah. Speaking of games, I don't know if there's anything on. I don't know how far back you want to go, but if you have any DS games that you're interested in playing, I can finally join in. I have, if you take a look at our list, I have at least probably 10 DS games on there. Because, yeah, this was quite the uh, 
point the eBay purchase. Right. I, I wasn't even really like a hundred percent sold on buying it. So a lot of times when I'm on eBay, I'll bid on you know, let's say something's going for seventy dollars to a hundred dollars routinely. I'll usually go in and bid seventy five dollars on like ten copies of something. You know, if I if I if I don't win any of them, whatever, I wasn't really expecting to. If I win all ten of them, you know, maybe I'll resell them or, or whatever. I you know, I, I I sort of I bid a lot on things on eBay that I have no intention of winning, just to kind of do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I saw this; it was a big Nintendo handheld held lot, and I went in, and it was like best offer type of situation. Okay. So he wanted, I think, two twenty-five, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. I don't have any of those things." And then I, you know, I suggested the one seventy, I think, and no negotiation. He just took it, and I was like, "Well, shit!" Now all of a sudden, I've got like five new Nintendo handhelds. So what'd you get? So I got the original Game Boy, the big fat one. The real big fat one, I think. I also got a Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Boy Advance. And also, and I'm not even, I think this is the, still a Game Boy Advance, but the one that's like clamshelled. Yeah, the uh, SP, I believe. Yeah, so I, there's both of those in there. Okay. There's the, the one that's laid out like a PSP with uh-huh. the buttons and sides, and then there's also the clamshell one. Right. And it's also a DS, original DS. Okay. Like the big fat DS? Yeah, I think it's the big fat one. Okay. And you said it came with some games as well? Yeah, it came with some games, and then I you know, I picked up a couple of other little ones to go on the way. Mainly the DS is the one that I'm excited about because I was able to find some of the games that I really wanted to get cheaply. Okay. So I picked up Zelda, uh, Phantom Hourglass. Okay. Uh, Sonic Dark Brotherhood. Ooh. That one I'm real interested in. I always have been. I'm sad it's never come to anything but the DS, but now, you know, I've come to it. <laughs> you know, because that's one that I always thought would be terrible, because as a kid, I was huge into Sonic. You know, I had the Genesis. Um, But, you know, as everybody knows, that Sonic was basically ruined by all his friends. <laughs> So when I heard of an RPG which was centered around Sonic and his friends, you know, I thought it would be garbage, but I heard it's pretty decent. I'm really excited to try it out. It's made by BioWare. Yep. That's kind of crazy. I picked up The World Ends With You. That's one of the games on my list. Yep, that's one one of the top games I want to play on the DS. Uh, one of the Professor Layton games, I think the first one. Okay. New Super Mario Brothers and Metroid Prime Hunters. Okay. And then some other nonsense that was thrown in there, like UGO and Brain Training, something or other. Whatever, I don't care about the other ones. Right. <laughs> so the games that came with it were DS games. They didn't have any original Game Boy games or anything like that? No, there's some of those too. Um, the original Tetris came for Game Boy. Uh huh. DuckTales. Ooh. Something called Wario Blast. Okay. Don't know what kind of game that is. And then there's also Super Mario Land. Uh, and the Six Golden Coins? 
I don't know. It just says Super Mario Land on it. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, it may or may not have many golden coins in it. Okay. And Metroid 2. All right. Um. And then, so how do you tell the difference between a Game Boy game and a Game Boy Color game? Is it that the Game Boy Color games have clear cartridges? Uh, no, not necessarily. Oh well, some of them. Thinking. <laughs> um, it doesn't really matter. Like you can play Game Boy games on a Game Boy Color, and vice versa. You can play color games on an original Game Boy. Yeah, it's just not going to be in color. Weird. That was that was the whole thing. The, the the thing about Nintendo and the thing that they've always done good is backwards compatibility. Hmm. Because Game Boy games, like that 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 Mario Land game that you have, you can put it in your Game Boy Advance and play it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And Game Boy Advance games, if you look at your DS, there's a slot for Game Boy Advance games on your DS. Does that mean that you can also play original Game Boy games then on the DS or only Game Boy Advance? That I don't know. Maybe. I'm not too certain. And then on the 3DS, you can play DS games. Hmm. So they've always been backwards compatible by at least one generation. Yeah, I mean it. It it does make sense because you, it's easier to upgrade when you know you've got a bunch of stuff you can still play on the new one. Yeah. But man, I have so many fucking games on the DS that I believe I've put on that list. Like I'm going to have to go back to that list now with a critical eye since I can pay attention to them and it matters to me. Yeah, The the World Ends With You is one of those that's on my list. Um... Some of the Shin Megami Tensei games, like uh, Strange Journey was one of them. Okay. There's also like Devil Survivor. Yeah, Devil Survivor is one of them. Devil Survivor 1 and 2. Uh, both uh, Devil Survivor 1 is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's, it's a really good game. Hmm. But, yeah, uh, so if you have any inkling to try that out, I'm, I'm, I'd be real excited to... Put some time in with the new old handheld. That sounds good. I mean, like the, it, the world ends with you just shot up really, really high for me. That was one of the fir- absolute first games I wanted to buy once I had sort of semi-accidentally picked up this haul, including the DS. Right. So that may be that may be something we need to look into. Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested now. Yeah, I should have it all within a week or so. Cool. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, hopefully everything works. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, have you tried turning on any of them? No, I haven't got them yet. I just, just ordered them. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought they had already arrived. No, not yet. Got you. Okay. Well, hopefully if they do, um, yay. So, but yeah, uh, I guess that'll be it for us. I'll finish off the, the episode. I hope we wasted enough of your time. Um, oh, we have an email. I forgot. I forgot to look that up. Let's see here. 
Is it Metal Gear related? It is Metal Gear related, among other things, I believe. Let me bring it up here. It's from Dustin. It says Metal Gear and Stuff. That's the subject line. He said, uh, I meant to write this sooner, but got deep in with some Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen. What a great game. A lot of depth in the uh, reputation and alignment system. Too bad I didn't figure it out till halfway through. Ha ha. Just to add something to the P.E. show, uh, the Phoenix, come on, uh, Parasite Eve show, I was really pissed at the end when you need to escape and there's a couple of dead ends in your way and if the monster touches you, the game is over and you have to fight the last boss again. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. Oh, well, still enjoyed it and was thinking about getting the book as well and glad Matt was interested in it too. Yeah, I mean... As we're talking about other games to play, I would still love to play Parasite Eve 2 and perhaps The Third Birthday if the 2 is not so terrible that it turns us off of the series. Right. Um, yeah, and I have that book. I'm ready to ready to read it. Let's see here. Lost my place. Oh, here we go. Just listen to the Metal Gear shows. I wasn't going to play it. But I don't remember a lot of parts. Now I'm thinking about playing it. Uh, kind of want to buy the GameCube remake, but might just do the PlayStation one since I have that already. I was trying to remember when I first played through the game, and all I can think right now is the Sniper Wolf fight and running out of stabilizers, but thought that it was such a cool concept that you had to take them to be steady uh, and add some realism, I guess. I'm going to have to skip Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 since I've played them recently, even though 3 is my favorite one of the best endings in the video games ever. But I might be down for 4, and I will do Peace Walker and 5. I don't see why Ken can't download the digital version of Portable Ops and give him an excuse to actually use his damn PS Vita TV. Uh, he would just have to download it on his PS3 since it doesn't appear on the Vita store for some reason. Uh, we'll then get it on the PlayStation Vita via past downloads. Come on, we might as well do it. That, I don't know if you can do that, man. I don't think you can play PSP games on the Vita. Can you do that? Yeah, I think you can. You can? Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't own a Vita, so I have no idea. So the one last thing I want to mention about Xenogears, if you guys were ever serious to finish it, but didn't want to start over because it's very understandable, check this out. He sent us a link to Game Facts, Xenogear saves. Hmm. Game Facts has saves you can download, and there's enough there. You should be able to find one where you were close to leaving off. And I'm sure there are ones that have everyone at level 99, so you can breeze through the game, but it's up to you guys. I was just so disappointed since it's that was the first series I listened to on Phoenix Down, and it ended up with no one finishing. <laughs> and I just want to see it completed. Keep up the good work, Dustin. Thank you for that email, Dustin. It would be nice to, to see the end of the game, and it might be worth doing a one-off or something. 
at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Same thing with Okami, actually. (laughs) I'd like to actually finish that game. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of deserves some closure. Yeah, I actually liked Okami, but man, that game just took forever. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be that long of a game. I wasn't either. I mean, Xenogears I knew was going to be, you know, ridiculously long. Yeah. But yes, um, I mean, I know a lot of people have desires to finish Xenogears. I, I, I'll be dead honest with you, me personally, I, I don't have any desire to go back to the game. That's just me. I mean, I'm willing to if Matt is, but that the, 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 the thing is, is that I, I have no intentions of going back. That like I you have to be dragged back. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just like when I did play that for Phoenix Down, I was in a I was in a time in my life that was a little different. I had time to do this kind of thing. Um, I, obviously, I played it on my PSP, and um, I don't know. It, 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 I have so many things I have to do now. Like, like even just video game related, like having to review all these games and stuff like that. I don't really have time to do this kind of stuff, you know, but it's, yeah, I mean, well, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we did abandon that game and that and eternal darkness were the only two we ever abandoned. I have eternal darkness and we need to finish that game. Yep. Yeah. At this year. We're going to finish Eternal Darkness this year, period. I've already made up my mind about that. Halloween? Yeah, we can do it Halloween. That'll, that'll be our Halloween show. So, Dave, there you go. Whenever the hell you 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 are ready, get your copy. Because I know he wanted to join us on that. Actually, I think Justin wanted to join us on that, too. So, we may have a, we may have a four-party group going in to play eternal darkness for Halloween because that's what yeah, we'll already set that up. See, we're planning already. We're planning for Halloween. Hopefully we finish metal gear solid five by then because metal gear solid five comes out in September. Yep. So that'd be a good finishing point. Yeah. Timing works out. Yeah. Even if Metal Gear Solid Five is long, I expect to put some long hours into it that first week or two. Oh, I, I most certainly am. So, but yeah, thank you for the email. Uh, if anybody else would like to send us an email, you can send me an email. It's Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can suggest games to us, but hopefully, it's games that are on our lists because I don't need to add any more. Um, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury and, uh, Matt is at REMGS. And you can also, uh, follow the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, I think that's about it. I'm not too certain, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna finish up or try to at least finish up, uh, Resident Evil 6 and we're gonna go a little bit more in depth with that, how we feel about the last, uh, about three campaigns because we did finish Jake's campaign and we're going to be doing Leon and Ada's and we'll talk about that. And uh, I guess our thoughts on the Resident Evil as a series, because I'm playing, you're playing revelations and I'm playing revelations two right now. So uh, we can talk about a little bit of just the series in general if we need to. Uh, so it'll be kind of like a one-off Resident Evil six show, but that's okay. 
And then after that, I don't know what we're going to play. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, probably move on to Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, more than likely. And then, then we'll be back to doing other games. No, no planning involved on those. But that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully we, uh, we kept you entertained for a couple hours. But, uh, we will be back next week to talk about, uh, Resident Evil 6. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you.